Mr. Pop. Just vomit-inducing rubbish is what it is. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Hello everyone, welcome intro. to... Now I like the other intro. Now <laughs> with the fucking pleasantries, let's get on with the show. Uh, I bet you edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, go again. Off you go. <laughs> no, that's it now. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it all in now. It's all staying in. Welcome to Rock and Roll. Welcome, everybody. My name's Kevin Hillier. With me, of course, as always, is Brian Mannix. Hello, Mr. Mannix. Bonjour, as they say in America. Bon Jovi. Beautiful. And Mark Fine is with us uh, in the room uh, this week. Hello, Finey. Oh, thank God Bon Jovi didn't fuck up the Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Goodness me. He did a little bit because that friggin' ad with Living on a Prayer was on a a few times, I think. Oh, the McDonald's commercial. You've got to expect Bon Jovi to fuck something up. Do you know what? That Living on a Prayer ad, is that an ad for Macca's or Macca's toilets? Because the guy says he needs to go to the duddy. Yeah, and then they go and get another another thing. I, yeah. I understand. You know, the, the, your your thing with Bon Jovi now. Everything I watch now, for some reason, Bon Jovi's mm. bobbing up in it, or a reference to Bon Jovi's bobbing. I'm watching yeah. Billions at the moment with uh, Paul Giamatti and um, I can't remember the other bloke's name that's in it now, um, which has been on for about four or five seasons, and they're now talking about. The Olympic Games being in New York and Bruce Springsteen and John Bon Jovi doing helping do the pitch for it. I'm watching this thing last night, thinking of you while I'm watching that, thinking bloody hell, Finey, you're in the head. Yeah, I mean, imagine the Bon Jovi pitch for the Olympics. (laughs) Who's he pitching it to? What is there a a Bougainville? Is that a country? (laughs) It's one of the boroughs, one of the five boroughs of New York. There's New Jersey. There's um, the Bronx, uh, there's Harlem, and there's Bougainville. Yeah. Bon Joviville. Queens, that's right. Yeah, very good. Good, Brian. Staten Island. Very good, you boys. You watch a lot of, obviously, between the two of you, a lot of the Sopranos and... Uh, no, no, no. My wife's got a large oh, you got rallies there. That's right, you have two. You've been yes. to all sorts of wonderful things in New York. And well, I welcome. practically live there, Kev. You do? Right. Oh, yeah, I've been there three times. That's practically living there, yep. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll, that's near enough. Uh, we, have a, we have a packed program. We have a, we've got a Super Bowl of, of rap. We've got a flagon of dragon. We've got a Morrison of ukuleles uh, to hand out. We've got a cubicle of M&Ms uh, and, uh, and a whole lot more and a, and a chart from 1988 that I have to say, God. Jeez, mm. telling you, I'd almost, I'd almost listened to the Prime Minister ukuleleing April Sun in Cuba. Do you uh, want to hear my ukulele story? Yeah, I'd love you to. All right, I'm not sure. And by the way, <laughs> I did not subscribe to the modern construct that if you do an accent of a foreign person, you're racist. All right. Yep, me neither. Right, it used so to be called I, acting. Yeah. If I'm if I'm racist, then racist I'd be. There's a $2 shop down in Balaclava. And I went in there. I was going to a fancy dress party. And I thought I'd have, I wanted to, I had to go as a rock star, so I needed a guitar, but they only had a uke, plastic ukulele for five bucks. So I thought I'd have a bit of sport. 
being an asshole. <laughs> anyway, I bought the ukulele and I asked the owner, I said, excuse me, <coughs> sir, uh, does this ukulele come with lessons? <laughs> said, no, this has a, to- a toy, a toy. And I said, well, I'll assume that there's lessons for this price. I bought it, I left. <laughs> went to, we went down to the pub, had lunch or something. We came back, had a few beers. And I said, I'm here for my ukulele lesson. What are you talking about? <laughs> I said, I purchased a ukulele and I'm here for the lessons. You know, there are no lessons. I said, I demand the lessons for the ukulele. He said, look, the ukulele is a toy. <laughs> <laughs> and his wife was sitting there. And then he said something in Chinese. And I said, look, I don't speak your language, but I'm pretty sure that was uncomplimentary and about me. Now, where's my ukulele lesson? He said, you leave now. There's no lesson. It's not even a proper ukulele. I said, what? Not a proper ukulele. Well, you'll, you'll be here with my lawyers. He goes, you go now. And the wife said, you leave. You leave to stop now. And, you know, and, I said, and I said, you're obviously not the ukulele teacher. And I left. Uh, <laughs> have you ever been back? Yeah, he yeah. forgot me. And then yeah. I went back there once I was singing and he goes, you are a very good voice. You're a good singer, huh? I said, yes, I am. And then I went to the shop, I was singing, and I picked out like a few things and he was very excited because they were quite expensive items for a $2 shop. And I brought him the car and goes, you've got a very happy sing voice. <laughs> and I was singing, singing, and he rang them all up and I said, how much does that come to? He goes, oh, $182.40. I said, well, I'll ask my mother whether I can buy them. Thank you. He goes, no, stop it. Don't sing anymore. That's stupid. Go out. Oh, goodness me. Yeah, I know. I just know him and I know how to get on his. Unfortunately, during COVID, it closed down. So oh, that's not People good. might think I'm racist, but I would have done that to any race. Yes. Yes. At, at any $2 <laughs> shop, because $2 shops are the agglomeration of any product you want made terribly. So I'm allowed to behave terribly. And is there anything <laughs> And is there anything in the $2 shop that actually costs $2? No. Correct. No. <laughs> but, but, I mean, it's like how do they – it's like they have to engineer it in China. Ah, now here is a set of, you know, the stuff you use, the lint remover to get stuff Dog hair off a couch? Yep. Now, it's going to be hard, but how do we make that worse than the original? <laughs> and they go, they don't have laboratories. That's how they're going to bring down the West, by under-engineering and, and making inferior products. I've, I've, I've discovered it, sir, the lint remover that actually adds lint. <laughs> have you, have you, and, you know, have you actually paid any attention to how many lint um, objects that there's, there's like rolling pins, there's, there's, ones that, there's ones that look like razor blades. Um, oh. There's, there's oh. ones that look- They've got a $10 dentistry set that says on the packet, suitable <laughs> with the professional dentistry. <laughs> a $10 dentistry set. Well, you're trying to save money wherever you can. I might have to get one of them and give myself a filling. Yes. Yeah, but, they, but they've got in that dentistry set, it's all made out of plastic, this is suitable for professional dentistry, <laughs> mini hacksaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you'd need your mini hacksaw. Yes. The whole kit wouldn't be worth getting if you didn't have a mini hacksaw to, you know, really hack into things. <laughs> haven't, you heard your nurse, haven't you heard your dentist say to her nurse, you know, like, Metzenbaum, 
Anesthetic, mini plastic hacksaw. Where's the mini plastic <laughs> <laughs> This man's going to lose an eye tooth if we don't have the mini plastic. <laughs> oh, goodness me. Fantastic. Goodness me. How's your week been, Fanny? Yeah, well, not bad. I've embarked on a new – my life's changed a great deal. I've, I've, the family's bought a business and Natalie does the roster and – um, Natalie seems to forget that human beings require six hours to eight hours of sleep. Uh, I think, no, she has factored it in, but I just have to do it while I'm driving to work. <laughs> I've got a friend that can help out with that. Oh, yeah, great. Six or eight hours of sleep, you'd be fine with four. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking, truck drivers are starting to become of interest to me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great. It really has been very rewarding, you know, good customers, good turnover. It's a deli, more information to come, but the part of it that I've really looked forward to, which is food preparation, has just started and the amount of pride you get when somebody not knowingly has bought the product you've made, come back and said that was, I really like that, can I, have, you know, have some more of that? Gee, that's a big buzz, I've oh, got to tell you. Good, mm. good, good, good. We'll hear more about it, obviously. As the week's gone, you can tell us whatever you want. We're yeah. more than happy to have a chat and, about and it. And any members of the Chinese community that want to come in and shit stir me and make fun, <laughs> I deserve it. Come on in. <laughs> Fair enough. He's a uh, multi-denominational uh, place of business. Is uh, is fine. His new uh, business. Uh, what about your week, Mannix? What have you been up to? Um, I had a few gigs cancelled or postponed. So what's more? Yeah, uh, I'm supposed to go to Adelaide next week. That's not happening now. Because um, then Adelaide's put some new restrictions in. Um, I went out on Sam's boat and didn't get injured, so that was fantastic. Um, and you know, as you can, you can probably hear the echo in my house because it's pretty much empty. There's just my chair, my bar fridge, a blow-up bed, and some rubbish that needs to go to the tip. And it's pretty much all over. I've still got a little bit of packing to do, but. Um, yeah. So when does when does the Monday. amazing when does the amazing event happen where you transport yourself to the state of Queensland, thereby increasing the IQ in both states, Victoria and um, Queensland? Fantastic. Probably first of March at the latest, I think. Oh wow. Um, you know, I was gonna go up today and just start having a look around to see if I could find somewhere to live. Um, maybe I'll do that next week because I've, I've got to get all this house cleaned up. Do you want to live in Brisbane? Look, if I had a job in Brisbane, like if I got a job on ra- in radio in Brisbane, I'd be happy to live in Brisbane. Um, Brisbane's, it's like Melbourne with better weather but not as overpopulated and, you know, they've got some stupid mm-hmm. roads. But um, no, I reckon Brisbane's great. Brisbane's okay. I've been three months there with it, it is, rock you. I just found road-wise... I got confused. I had it like underpasses and overpasses and I felt like I was driving into a knot sometimes, but much better than Sydney. In fact, better than Melbourne. Yeah, just because the population is not as big, that's half the problem. Yeah. yeah. Look at me being all serious. Oh, no, it's it's, it's a pretty good right. city to navigate around Brisbane. I, I mean, I, I must admit... I know the old ways before the overpasses and the underpasses, Not they all came around that back end near where Parliament House is in Brisbane because of the... Um, 
the games and uh, back in the 80s there in the expo they had there in the late 80s and stuff, that's when they started building all that infrastructure. But you go to the Gabba and stuff and it is, you, you think there's 25 different roads running across the top of the Gabba almost uh, when you sit there. So, um, But it's a, it's a good city, Brisbane. It's a really good city. Yeah, yeah I'd be, you know, I, I'd rather be near the beach. So yeah. That's why I'm probably heading for the Gold Coast. Yeah. But um, I guess Brisbane Gold Coast is great. Gold Coast. Yeah, Gold Coast. Somewhere, he somewhere the, around there. Are you going to join the Banditos, the Gypsy Jokers? <laughs> the, uh, the Comancheros, have they got, a, have they got an office up there? I don't know. I'll just go around and check them all out and then pick which one suits me best. You don't and pick And will I be able to join with just an electric e scooter? Yeah, yeah. They'll they pick like me. That. They like yeah, that. So, you know, they're all in the Harleys and I'm there with my e scooter. Telling people, you know, intimidating people with my size and e-scooter. Yeah. Yep. yeah I'd be a good at this. Yeah, here we go. You're picking the e-scooter up out of the Yarra because that's where most of them are. Yeah, I know, or out the front of my place. I was going to say, you would, see, you would see a bit of that. Oh, what are those bikes, those stupid heavy bikes? I had um, eight of them out the front of my joint once, leaning up against the garage. The, um, uh, you know what they are at the moment? You know what they are when I got done with them? Wet. No, I couldn't be bothered that taking them that far. <laughs> you could have just pissed on them. <laughs> they are. They were. They proved to be very effective. Do not park here utensils in ah, front of my house. Very good. Good idea. Yeah, and, what was that, and mate? Uh, that was, remember, not- remember, I told you the weekend where they gathered for the protest out the front of my house. Oh yes. Yep. So the you police- made them all a cup of tea and now, gave them a bicky. That was that weekend. The police saw the bikes and gave me the thumbs up. Yeah, good one, mate. That's clever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but but stupidly, the next day they were gone. People seemed to ride them. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know how it works. But, yeah. So it'd be fair to say you're working with the police now, Fanny. <laughs> yeah, I am an informant. You know, back in my day, <laughs> when somebody found a car or a bike on the side of the road and drove it somewhere, that was called theft. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, joyriding. You, you could no, take you're... somebody. You could take a car from the side of the road, put a mask on your face, go to a bank, and everybody, oh, g'day, how are you? Try doing that five years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, now the big uh, event of Friend the day. Of mine did. We should see him in five years. Uh, <laughs> the big event of uh, the day, as we speak now, is uh, the soup. Super Bowl, the American, uh, you know, grand final of their, their NFL season. Uh, the LA Rams have won it in their own stadium, but uh, the big talking point for everyone is, is, as it always is, not the game. Um, the halftime entertainment and finally you have uh, our rock and roll uh, review. Look, I'm going to say it's the best halftime entertainment I've ever seen because I'd never watched it. It normally starts with Bon Jovi or some other Darrow, you know, being over, <laughs> over, overproduced. But this one caught my eye. It was quite interesting. It was a little city or a village was being created. And then all the rappers came from here, there and everywhere. Now, people might not like rap music or hip-hop or what various forms it takes, but at its best and with great choreographed dancing and singing, it was brilliant. It was beautiful. So there was 50 Cent with Inda Club, even I know that one. Then somebody that I confused for Beyonce or 
Michelle Obama turned out to be Mary J. Bly. Yes. But very good. Seemed to be doing all her own singing and some of her acting was her own as well, though I wouldn't go to see her in a movie on that. Um, <laughs> then a guy that I don't know but my daughter knows, um, in this brilliant choreographed scene where all the guys around him came out of boxes with, you know, Af- African-Americans with bleached hair and aggress- aggressive looks, very effective. Then into Eminem, uh, he was good. Uh, oh, look, and Dr. Dre was the, the crowning glory Snoop Dogg. I mean, these are sort of the household names of that industry. I guess the, they couldn't have the other household names. They've all shot each other and they're dead. But the fact is... It really, by the end, had a crescendo. And I love Eminem's group. Mano, I mean, Brian, I don't know whether this is actually something that happens a lot in music, but I noted that his drummer and his two guitarists were also great dancers and incorporated sort of movement and dancing into their playing of instruments. They were great. Wow. You know, yeah. you know what I felt when I saw that? I thought, you young people today, even though all these acts are about as old as me. You young people today, I'm not saying I love your music, but I love your attitude. I love your get-up-and-go spirit and more power to you. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. It was really good. I watched it after you you sent me a message saying, did I see it? And I I went and watched it because I was doing other stuff when it was on at midday. Um, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, There was a couple of flat spots in it that didn't kind of work for me, but um, Mary J's uh, slower song didn't really work for me, but – the rest of it I thought like was really I said, she's no actress. I love the set. I love what they did How in the stadium. The I thought Clever. I thought I thought that was that was purposely built, obviously, for that thing, but it just yeah. bloody fitted perfectly. It looked fantastic. It looked like a Hollywood soundstage. Yeah, yeah. So noise works and noise works and um who's it gonna be? Daryl Braithwaite. You better lift your game at this year's grand final. And Mike <laughs> Brady, you've got to come up with something that, you know. They they are really putting a space between themselves and what we throw up. Well, the, 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 someone did point out, and I just saw a social media post this afternoon. The amount of money that's spent on that halftime entertainment in America is is more than probably the 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 budget of the AFL for a year. Eleven hundred bucks. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would imagine that's a that's a that's probably a ten million dollar halftime show. Yeah, I, I just not, feel as though. You know, if, if you asked Gil or his predecessor, Andrew Demetriou, whether or not they'd be interested in Dr. Dre, yeah. they'd look at the name and said, is that Dr. Dre or Dr. Dr. E? <laughs> Who is go. this fellow? Is, and is he a real doctor? Is <laughs> yeah. uh, well, he in Edelston? Yeah. all the narcotics, so. No, they'd go, yeah. they'd go, no we've, had, we've had previous uh, dealings with doctors, uh, as in Edelston, we don't want to deal with doctors anymore in the entertainment mm. space. Um, Can I give you my review? Yes, please. Yeah, you know, just, you know, one yes, part of the show occasionally. Well, well I was getting <laughs> to you. All right. Um, well, I didn't see it at first, okay, and um, my friend Daryl up the road, who people might know from my Facebook when we go live and read the letters, yep. he rang me with a strong review and his review went something like this. It was... Um, Oh, fuck, <laughs> fucking all these black dudes fucking rapping and shit. I can't understand a word they're saying. They're all touching their dick. Oh, it's fucking shit ass. So that was Daryl's review. Thank um, you, Daryl. So, 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 
He's well travelled, is Daryl? <laughs> Daryl is uh, well. He's travelled to the pub and back many, many times. So, yeah. Yes, but um, but no, it wasn't to Daryl's liking. Um, I thought yeah. what I've seen of it. I've only just watched it while we were, you know, waiting for the show to start, and um, I thought it was good. You know, I, I'm not really a rap fan. Um, no, neither am I. Eminem song was was great, and it's kind of as you said, I think earlier, Kev. It was kind of perfect because it really got the audience involved rather than sit back and watch me. It was like, come on, people, put your hands in the air and all that sort of shit. And um, I thought that was good. Mary J. By, though, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, it's the freaking Super Bowl. Do not get up there and start telling me about your love life problems, you know, just something about sport. And that's what... uh, uh, why Eminem's song was so good because, you know, one moment, one choice, you know, and that was really perfect for the day. So that's my review. Mm-hmm. Very good. But yep. Michael Jackson's still the best. Oh, really? Yeah, that's the best of Super Bowl you've seen? You mean Janet Jackson? When it, when it well, he had that. Michael Jackson. No, that was pretty oh. shit. Um, now, Michael Jackson had... Above the scoreboard, suddenly, bang, there's Michael Jackson. You go, wow. He's up on the scoreboard. And then he disappears and then, bang, bang there he is he's up the, on the other scoreboard. Old boy. Bang, bang. <laughs> well, yeah, Forget, just notching up that score. And then he disappears and then, bang, he's in the middle of the stage. He had like two lookalikes, but everybody just went, fuck. It was like magic. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, they That's do spend magic. a lot of money on it. <laughs> That's not magic. No, that's not, and that's not your finger. Saturday Night Saint had three lookalikes. You know that, that Saturday Night Oh, yeah, yeah. Like they yeah. said to one of him, he said, what's my job? He'd been pulled out of his family business and he said, oh, you're going to be assassinated and that will give Saturday Night Saint two days you know, before they realise it's a fake. And and they, he said, and how are you planning to fake my assassination? They said, no, mate. You're <laughs> not you don't get it. You don't get it. Fake it. <laughs> oh, We're not faking your assassination, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> the gene pool wasn't terribly deep, obviously. Uh, Poor old Sam. He was a little bit misunderstood, I think. Oh, you think? Ooh, okay. So- <laughs> oh, no, I don't think that oh, I know you don't think. Uh, now, um, Do you hear my phone go off then? No. I heard <laughs> Brian's go off about 15 times during the interview we did earlier today. But let's- well, that was Daryl reviewing. Yeah, he was ringing you with his. <laughs> this is fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was good. When did – now, I saw no dick touching. Oh, no, there was lots. Yeah, it was lots of dick touch. Oh, there was. It was the groin. Oh, that's, not where they, that's, not where that's not where their dicks are. Their dicks are in the you know, lower than that. <laughs> you just got to grab yourself on the groin while yeah. you're singing. Yeah, there was, a lot, of, there was Maybe, a lot of groin grabbing. Yeah, it's, it's more groin grabbing than Canberra. Yeah, close. Could have got a Did you have that throw there undies at you, Brian? Yeah. Yeah, I did lots. We could have what had, had our own bras and things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think you're famous. Most what of you them do with them. Well, I yeah, kept some of them as a souvenir, um, but I think most of them got thrown out or went to the salvos. Um, 
I don't know, you know, can some you, poor girl's, some poor girl's some probably girls. wearing a bra that says, Brian, you spunk on the cup um, with the kiss. That probably happened. Why? Yeah. Where, where, where are you going with this? No, no, no. I, I remember that you were that sort of performer that people used to de- de-robe for you. I mean, gee, well, would have been, so they would have had a bit, a bit of explaining to do when they got home and their parents said, Where's your underwear? You know, Mum did the what? Yeah. <laughs> Where's your bra? That cost me $16. Exactly. And he put it on his mic stand. <laughs> so I was part of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, very good. Uh, now, what about the game? Do we care about the game at all? Oh, you mean the Rams oh, yeah. beating the Bengals? Yeah. Not really. Okay. Rams won. Oh, yeah. Look away go. now. That's our report for the game. <laughs> I mean, Rams Bengals, won. The Bengals have never won one. No. They've been in it since 68. They've never won a flag or whatever they win, a ring or a something. The Vince Lombardi but, trophy. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, I remember when they were quite good in the 80s, but they've been terrible and now they got very close. So I think, Is I think Cincinnati they Cincinnati a nice town? Shithole. One of the great shitholes <laughs> well, in America. there you go. There you go. Where is, where is Cincinnati? Sorry. I'm not even Ohio. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. They've oh, got a uh, radio station called WKRP, I believe. But um, WKRP. In, Cincinnati. Do you remember the Simpsons episode? Do you remember the Simpsons episode where Homer rang up the football tipping line? Oh, yeah. In the game between Sin, Sin, at. And Homer goes, don't you realise I'm paying by the minute? <laughs> <laughs> it just takes so long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just to draw out the cost. Cincinnati. Hey, um, and the information was useless. <laughs> what was that? The information he got was useless. That gives us a 60% chance of yeah, winning. that's right. But yeah. on the other hand, if it rains, we're not going yeah, the memory just got more and more desperate. What? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Poor Homer. Poor Homer. Uh, Speaking of football, have you heard the news tonight? No. Have you heard the big news? No. Obviously. The AFL? Uh, clearly not. All right. One club has lost their clear best player for up to maybe even more than half the season. At the moment, they're saying at least the first month, but the injury suggests Maybe like a really badly interrupted year. Is it my club? Really best player. Is it my club? No, it's Ben no. King at Saints. No, no, no. At, at Gold Coast. No, oh. this is a, this is a new one, and I would say this player is the most dominant best player at his club in the comp. Yeah, it's not, not Parish from Essendon. It's from the Gold Coast. No, no, no. King from the Gold no, Coast no, did ben his knee King the other day. It is now. A couple of days ago, this is a new yeah. one. Yep. Uh, Richmond player? Yep. No. Keep guessing. It's not St Kilda. Victorian you, club. Yeah, it's a Melbourne uh, player. It's not Clay Oliver. I would not be on this podcast. It's not Clay no, Oliver. Victorian there. Pardon? Clayton Oliver in Melbourne. Field. No. no, no, no. Wrong clubs. Okay. Max Gorn. No. Pick no, club, said, another club. No, not Melbourne. North Melbourne, uh, you wouldn't do. You wouldn't be bothering with. No, uh, no, no not, it's, uh, not the Sydney Swans. Tender. Oh, you said Melbourne, no, Melbourne. Club, didn't you? 
Melbourne, Melbourne players. Hawthorne. They've got no. They're not contenders. Um, Collingwood. They're not no. contenders. Carlton. No. They're not yes. contenders. Oh, Carlton. no. Not Carlton. Sam Walsh. Sam Walsh has got ankle syndromosis. Oh. oh, no. And is out for it. Wait till Daryl finds out about this. Sam time. Walsh, who just uh, they celebrated last week the fact that he'd signed a, uh, I think, a yeah. four-year contract, which kind of took um, the Geelong uh, thing out of the equation for him. Um, yeah. Oh, gee whiz, that's a big blow. Now, I want to ask you about – I just want to have one question on television before we get to our chart for this week, which is February 14, 1988, Valentine's Day, 1988. Think back to what you were doing then. Uh, Brian, I want to ask you, Neighbours is in grave danger of being um, lost to our television world. It's on Channel 11 these days. You've been on the program. You started a few episodes as an Irish jockey uh, opposite Natalie Imbruglia, <laughs> amongst others, um, and a girl we yeah. don't want to talk about because you didn't like kissing her. Um, did, he, no. did he ride Natalie Imbruglia? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, he didn't ride that. She lived across the road in the court where the girl oh, was that so he was. My mistake. Yeah, my easy I think I easy mistake to make too, Finding. in the coffee finding. shop a couple of times when I was there. No, easy mistake to make for Finding. I think that maybe you, you're on Imbruglia in the first, but you weren't. Um no, I would, I would love to. Be <laughs> hey, stop! There's no anyway. need. There's no need to go. Uh, where's your reception? That was. Maybe it. you need to come to Hong Kong with me. Apparently, the Irish fucking just pissed themselves laughing. Um, well, so did we. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, wasn't my fault. They didn't send me the character <laughs> breakdown. I didn't know he'd been living in the country for ten years. Although the Irish people I know, they still sound like they just got Correct. off the boat. They never lose they the accent. You should have played yeah. it Northern Irish. I'm telling you, if you don't let me ride that horse, <laughs> I'm going to blow up you, your family, and your family's family. <laughs> oh, that's good. It's very good. He's good. He, uh, if they if he, they bring that he character back. He does the voices, the old Fonny. He does. If they bring that character back, Fonny should do the voice for you. You can just mime it. Only if and he's he a Sid and Fane jockey. Yeah. What was, your, what was your character's name? Logan or something, wasn't it? Um, or O'Hara or something. Connor, Connor Cleary, was it? Yes, that's it. Connor, Connor something. Yeah, well, I, I would have oh, preferred it O'Hara. And playing Katie O'Hara, the New South Wales <laughs> jockey, is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you could have done that, Brian. Brian Mannix. Uh, yes, there was a few kissing scenes that Brian didn't like because the horse apparently had bad breath. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no good. Uh, is it, um, is, so is yeah, it yeah, a gelding? Is it a gelding? It is, and so is the horse. <laughs> It's a shame that um, this is happening, but it's kind of inevitable. And, <clears throat> you know, I think they've really only been – it would have died probably 10, 15 years ago in Australia if it wasn't for the love of it in England, yep. which I think, you know, co-produces it or, you know, puts up some money. Well, that's why, it's gonna, that's why it's going to obviously not be made because the channel – I think it's Channel 5 in the UK are, are, are pulling back funny. But you know what it has done? Barry Crocker's version of the Neighbours theme is number one. the number one single in the UK at the moment. Yeah. He, well, he knocked off know, Adele. Somebody had, well, Someone well, had to. Barry Crocker, was he's always a friendly fellow. I'm sure he did knock off Adele. And, uh, and Ed Sheeran. Um, good luck to Barry. Is he, and Ed is Sheeran, alive, well, Barry? you know, you... you it doesn't matter whether Barry's alive. It's, uh, yes, he is alive. Yes, he is alive. <laughs> He, what? 
He is alive. Yes. What matters to Barry, Brian? <laughs> you don't. Well, why don't we have him on the show, Kev? Well, what do you reckon I've been trying to do for three days? Kamal Three days you've Barry. been trying to get Barry Crocker. Barry Crocker. He's a, a Chelsea Brown. We should get her on the show. Are you sure well, she's Chelsea alive? Brown and Barry Crocker, all you I don't know. All you need is an old farrier and you'll get a, a line there <laughs> on the diagonal. <laughs> yes, oh. it's a, the old um, blankety-blanks uh, stage. Oh, the celebrity noughts and crosses. Yeah, yeah, that one too. Yeah, they were all on that. There you go. What about um, getting, you know, I, I think he's passed on, but having Lovelace Watkins come in and <laughs> talk about the AFL round two mm. sort of yeah, okay. round and how he sees it going, that would be terrific. Hang on, I'll just get him now. Lovelace. Lovelace. <laughs> that wasn't his real name. No, no, no you're right. You're right. It was Lovelace really? Fairy Floss. I don't know what his real name was. How did he sing, Kev? Wasn't he like? He had the big dude voice. Yeah. He had the big dude voice. Very whitish. He was sort of. white wig. My memory is he was six foot four or five, had the worst white coloured silvery rug on that you'd ever seen in your life. Yeah. And, and used to wear like silvery jumpsuit type things. Yeah, he wore a jumpsuit. Yeah. That's him. Did he yeah. sing things and like had teeth, the impossible And had teeth dream. that literally uh, NASA picked up from, from space. Well, you know, at that stage, any, I mean, any American, we thought, wow, they're American, we better put them on TV. Which was kind of what the Mavis Branston show was about. It was about a English star, well, an English shit actress that came out here, but they made her a star. And you know, Don Laney was just working on a cruise boat. Mm. You know, he'd never done TV before. He's just like the well, I, hey, I, hey, everybody, here's what we're going to do. We're going to play bingo. Okay, that's that not guy? true. He made he had good. He had done some very, very well-known videos before coming to Australia. <laughs> Such as? Uh, on my table. Oh. On your oh, table. The, didn't on he have a coffee table, table book? Yeah. Yeah. He made careful, if you like your coffee table book, move it. That was one of his videos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, he used to do a lot of work at Rooty Hill, RSL. Yes, he did. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, that that simply must have been true because everybody knows that story. That he had a coffee table? Yeah, no, I do believe most houses do have one. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, okay, uh, fair enough. Yeah. Now, I you want to check. what happens oh. on people's coffee tables is their business. Exactly I right. Um, I'll say this. If I'll they want to mistreat their coffee table, that's fine you, with me, but don't do it to my coffee table. If I, went well, I don't have place, one anymore. So I went over to his house and he offered me a rum ball <laughs> uh, at the ti- at the coffee table. I'd be saying, no, thank you. Yep. That's why he got invented plates. Do you remember it? So he didn't eat off the table. When he had a show on, he had a show on Channel 10 and um, at the end of every show he'd be shooting baskets, you know, to sort of finish yeah. the music yeah. plays and the credits come up. I reckon the show was on for about six months before he actually got one in the freaking <laughs> basket. <laughs> <laughs> his son's um, his son's a part time TV host of like he fills in on one of the Sunrise or morning shows or something for Larry or one of those blokes. Of he course, was on, he does. He was on the other day. He was on with 
I don't know who they were interviewing, but I, I came up on my social media and I thought, who's that bloke? And then I'm listening to the interview and they go, well, you'd remember him because uh, your, yeah, your dad worked with him. <laughs> yeah, well, and one of the things, he's, he's shown a lot of discipline in that role because um, if you notice the coffee table where they have the newspapers and stuff, spotless. Brian. Oh, yeah. yeah. It skips a generation. <laughs> <laughs> it's like baldness. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, do- Don's, Don's father was a latrine man, but his grandfather. <laughs> his grandfather used to, you know, from a great height apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness me, now. Uh, February 14, 1988. Here is the top ten, the chart that we're doing this week. <laughs> oh, goodness oh, me. Look at this. Yeah, it'd be a good idea. Number ten, Money Money by Billy Idol. Number nine, Heat Seeker by ACDC. Number eight, Say You Will by Foreigner. Number seven, Pump Up the Volume by Mars. Number far, six, Faith by George Michael. Number five, Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. Number four, Run to Paradise by the Choir Boys. Number three, Heaven is a Place on Earth by Belinda Carlisle. Number two, Got My Mind Set on You by George Harrison. And number one, I've Had the Time of My Life by Bill Medley and Jennifer Warnes. Now, that uh, gives you an indication of what's below that. Now, that's what's the top ten. And below that lurks something in the murky pool of vinyl stuff that was around in 1988. How'd you find it, Finding? I found at the bottom of a bin. Look, <laughs> this was a point in time. This was a point in time. This must have been like the low point in music. It was it was the end of the great 70s. And uncanny X-Men. And and and, end, and then not yet the the new flavor of music, even though there's one song here that tells us the future is coming. And this basically, uh, to me, it's so much studio-produced Greg. You know, it's like, you're good-looking and you can move and you wear tight clothes. Why don't you become a rock star? Or you have one of those three qualities, not necessarily all three yeah, in the one yeah, body. Yeah, you're, you're, a triple th- you're a triple threat. <laughs> you're good-looking, you're an idiot, and you'll sign this contract and all your money to me. Come over <laughs> here. Come over here, stupid. Yeah. So there seems to be a lot of that sort of Going on, and also, I mean, look, I, I'm going to have a go at a band later on, but there was a lot of a lot of groups, especially Australian groups, didn't put their best foot forward on this chart. Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. I reckon I could agree more. Could you? In fact, I could agree a lot more. <laughs> I agree with Finey. I agree with you, but I agree more than Kev does. Okay. okay. Yeah, well, you did. You agreed more than me. Good for you. Yep, I'm so agreeable. You are. <laughs> I'm fine. Give us, give us your number three, good and bad. Uh, All right, so number three, bad, is a song that I just heard nine million times and it just always, it's never been a song that is anything more than I hate. It's never going to give you up by Rick Astley. Now, some people might fondly remember that was part of their childhood, their first pass or the first time they got the first bass. But for me, it is the soundtrack to just horrible fucking nightclubs or <laughs> pubs trying to play music. Yep. 
Oh. Overplayed on the radio. You know how you said that song jumps out at you? Yep. This thing crawls out the back of the speaker like a guilty <laughs> of a rape trial. <laughs> <laughs> covers its face so the media doesn't hear it. I just hate this song. Yep, I'm not fond and of the, it either. And the twat who sings it, by yeah. the way. Yeah, I agree. All right, so what's your good one? Well, <laughs> I have to really come back from that. Look, in excess... They probably had better songs, I would I would have thought. But given the poor state of this chart, Need You Tonight gets a run at number three. Yep. It, I did struggle to find three really, really good I mean, ones. I, I need that song tonight, so I'm using it. Yep. It's very good. Brian, just cool your jets for a minute. I'll go next. Okay. Okay, Kevin, I'd appreciate you going next. Okay. I just thought I'd jump in because I could see but, you were still looking at the chart. You are? Okay. Okay. No, do you mind if I go, go? Do you mind if I go now? I would love you to go. Okay. First. We should mix it up, Kev. Uh, well, I think going to be there's going to be a bit of gazumping here because of the I think the barrenness of the good part of this chart is going to uh, probably throw a couple in. My number three bad. I'm going to go, and you're probably going to disagree vehemently. I think uh, Brian, mm. because it's a cover version. I I don't think he he made it better. Um. It's it's a stadium kind of uh, song that uh, that I I listened to a lot when I was growing up. The original version, which I thought was really good, it's Billy Idol's version of Moni Moni, which I I just just didn't think he did anything to Tommy James's song to make it any better, um, and uh, I didn't think he sung it particularly well, and it used to annoy me to have to play it so much, to be perfectly honest. So and controversial more, statements more, from the Hillier. More Tommy James coming up shortly. Um, and my number three good uh, is, and I, uh, a lot of this bloke stuff I really like, and a lot of this bloke stuff I don't like at all. But the stuff I like, I really like, and I really like Cherry Bomb by John Cougar Mellencamp. I reckon that's reckon one of his better songs. I didn't like the album Paper and Fire that much, but I really thought Cherry Bomb was a really good song. So I'm happy to put that in at my number three. Now, I don't know that song, but that's not the Runaways song, is it? No. Yeah, no. that's the one I thought it was. No, I didn't no, no. bother to see who was singing. I was no, going to no. put it in my best. It's one about oh, a, it, it sings, it's about a club. It's a you know, and a club called Cherry Bomb. It's um okay. it's the one where he's got the Lisa, the um the violin players on it. Um and it's the one where he stands next to the jukebox with his white singlet on, sort of half sleeve singlet, and sort of dances really badly. But um yep. I, I really like that song. I thought Cherry Bomb was a really good song. I mean, if my memory serves me correctly, the other cherry bomb by the Runaways, when I saw that film clip, I think that's when I had my first really useful erection. <laughs> yes. Uh, that was, uh, is it Lita Ford and Joan Jett? And, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hello, Daddy. Yeah. Hello, Mom. Yeah, cherry bomb. They were, they were uh, <laughs> headed there. Yeah, it's not that song, trust me. No, the image was great. It looked really sexy and like. There's a great you know, movie like about the Runaways. Look, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, and they look like they do anything, yeah. and they just don't give a fuck. But they're yeah. rocking, and yeah, no, nah, you love them absolutely. All right, yeah, Manix three, thank you. Okay, well, you want bad or good first? Well, I'm I'm open to uh, your interpretation. All right, then I'll go for bad first. Mm. And it's probably a well-crafted song and produced well and blah, blah, blah. I've heard it to death and it's just, I don't know, it just seems contrived to me 
And it's number three, Belinda Carlisle, Heaven is a Place on Earth. You know, it just find it really, really annoying. Um, it, it doesn't take me anywhere I want to go. It's just taking – it doesn't take me where I want to go. It just takes up my time. Mm-hmm. And um, for that reason, Belinda, you know, I'm sure you'd look great naked, but this song is unacceptable. Fair enough. Right. I don't remember Bernard King saying that on New Faces. You know, you'd look great naked, but the song doesn't do anything. Not to a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on. We were talking to Billy Miller, and when he went on New Faces, it was that um, Tony Lamont Lamont said to him that your face is your fortune. She did. So, you know, it's not that, you know, out of whack, you'd look great naked. But the singing yeah, needs okay. to be worked on. Yeah, all right, gone. Okay, and um, now I'm going to go for uh, number six, George Michael, Faith, because it's kind of got that sort of bluesy, sort of Elvisy thing going on, and the leather jacket, and the I think it's a Hoffner guitar. Um, looks great, and um, yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's a good song. It's uh, clever. Rachel's going to be spewing on me because that's all I can say about it. But um, And George Michael actually had piles the day that he recorded the clip, but it didn't stop him jumping around. Uh, okay, I'm going to ask. That was the, bullshit, but uh, I just needed <laughs> something for Rachel. <laughs> I was about to ask, how did you know that? But now that I know that it's bullshit, it's okay. I feel better. All right. Um, yeah, no, it was good. It's a good, good little clip. It, 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 yeah, he looks he looks terrific in the clip, and the the song's got a really good groove about it. I I really like Faith. I think it's a good song. Almost almost got in my three, but not quite. Right, Vani, your number two good and number two bad, please. Well, number two bad simply goes under the heading "You Money Hungry Prick" from Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> you Scottish git, you absolute <coughs> nicking ass. You know, do you know in sport if somebody you know if somebody is a nicker. They just get away with something pretty easy. Rod Stewart has decided in the in the throes of his career just to make a bit of money by twisting the night away. You absolute mercenary prick. <laughs> <laughs> now, Rod would yeah. say that it's his uh, uh, absolute love of Sam Cooke is why he did that song. You know what? He wouldn't have. He wouldn't know Sam Cooke from Fred Cooke. I'll tell you this. <laughs> I'm telling you. Some producer would have said, you know what, what are you doing Wednesday week? Oh, nothing. Maybe maybe rooting a girl behind my wife's back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, stop with the Sean Connery impersonation because <laughs> if, you, if you come into the baby. studio, we're, gonna, we, we're just going to get you to think, sing Twisting the Night Away. We'll put you on a green screen. We'll bake the film clip. You'll be in that in half an hour and – Look, there are that many idiots around the world. It'll be, it'll be huge in New Zealand because you've rooted some New Zealand bird. <laughs> Australia will catch the fever. You'll make half a million bucks. We'll make two million. Do you want to do it? Oh, hey. So that is an absolute disgrace, yep. Stuart. Yep, fair enough. And that lovely New Zealand girl's name was Rachel Hunter. Yep. Shaker, not stirred. Mm. Yes, that's Rachel Hunter. I think I'll take her to bed. <laughs> right now. Oh, sure I am. What gadget should you look for me? <laughs> <laughs> so we meet again, Scaramanga. <laughs> what, are you doing? what are you doing here, Rod Stewart? I don't know. 
<laughs> so not all Scotsman sound like this. Right. So, <clears throat> so what? If you judge me, the dollar with equipment, not take a job. So, so that's my bad one. Now, my good one mm-hmm. is without doubt, I will definitely go for Paul Kelly because, to be honest, for most of his career, when he writes a song, it's pretty original. So, to her door is a nice, it's a nice. Paul Kellyism. Yep. And I like it. Yeah, me too. To her door. And it doesn't, it's, it's nice. It doesn't say to her back door, just to her door. That's all. Yep. Very simple. Yep. Uh, good Good little clip. Watch the clip today. Uh, Karen Fairfax, his uh, second wife, was was in the clip. I, I'm trying to work out who the bloke in the clip was, and I can't for the life of me uh, find anything anywhere that tells me who the, uh, not Paul Kelly, the bloke who does the acting with, uh, with Karen Fairfax in it. Um, can't find anywhere that, but yeah, that's my number two as well. Fine Aaron's a really good song. It's a yeah, yeah, really it's good, good little song. Uh, so that's my number. That's that you done. That's my number two good and my number two bad. Um, what number is this heap of crap? Uh, number fourteen. <laughs> number fourteen. It is. It's called okay. Nothing's Going to Change My Love for You. This was Valentine's Day, nineteen eighty eight. This chart. And right. uh, this bloke's name is Glenn Medeiros, which is, I think, a, um, a spray that you do to get rid of whatever it is. I'm sure that's that's called the Medeiros. Nothing's going to change my love for you. It couldn't be more syrupy. It couldn't be more saccharine. He couldn't be more kind of pretty boy, uh, walk along the beach with his armour around the girl's shoulder, just vomit-inducing um, rubbish is what it is. Uh, so, Glenn Medeiros, you get my number two, and uh, I hope no one has that song as a near and dear and, you know, Valentine's Day song that means a lot to them because if you do, seriously. Come on, break up. You need Let's to just try get that. out of that relationship <laughs> straight away. <laughs> yes. If you think that is sewing up your love, just it's it's shit love. You, yep. need, you deserve better. Dr. Brian is absolutely correct there. Righto. <laughs> Righto, Dr. Brian, what have we got two, two for you? Well, you know, we're, we're, we're skimming in with time here because my number two is to her door as well. Yep. So the three of us have unanimously picked that. Well, that's the first time we've ever done that. Probably is, yeah. Yeah. It is. I reckon we'll go uh, – I reckon, I reckon Brian and I might have the same number one. I reckon we might too. Yep. Um, now, there's yeah. so many songs I could – put into um, the second worst and for some reason, not because I'm malicious or anything, um, for some uh, reason I've picked picked this one. um, No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, this isn't a bad song. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's probably a 7 out of 10, which is good. But I just don't think James is driving himself hard <laughs> enough at this time. I think, James, oh. you know, you're happy for a 7 out of 10, oh. just like my parents said to me. Just as long as you do your best, that's, that'll do. So if a D is your best, we're happy with that. But if a, an A is your best, you're only getting a C, we're not happy with that. And this is where I think James steps in here. I just think he could have, you know, a little bit more preparation and um, – <sighs> And what really wrecks it for me is that now have you heard James's version of Bad Boy for Love? Now, this doesn't stand up <laughs> to James's version of Bad Boy for Love. So for that reason, you know, I know he can do it, but this time he was just a little bit late. Maybe he was tired at the end of the day at the studio. But um, 
rip it up. Maybe should have done that with the lyrics. Who knows? But uh, well done, James. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm certainly not picking on you. There's just no Mark Seymour songs in the in the I'm set. Not <laughs> oh, I I listened to I watched the clip of that and listened to it this afternoon. Actually, I think that's actually a pretty good, pretty good song. Look, it probably is. I didn't bother listening to it. Oh, and, you um, bastard! But I just, you. I just wanted to make. I just wanted to do the. Oh, yeah, I could say this and go. No, he hasn't reached his standard of bad boy for love. And for me, the joke made it worth putting in. So apologies to James, but um, yeah, it's probably a pretty good song. It's so not Kevin it's, reckons it's it is. So that's good enough. Certainly for me. not the word. It's, there's there's others in there that. Geez, I've got oh, a, well above shocking. well above um, James's effort. Righto, finally. Now we've got Rick Astley and uh, Rod Stewart. So you haven't exactly – it's not like you're picking the, the low fruit on the tree for your bads and your goods are uh, need you tonight by an excess and two are dual by Paul Kelly. So what's what's making the top of your chart? All right, I'm going number one good. I said that there was one song that would be a, a sort of a portal to the future. And it actually was a bit before its time. It's Pump Up the Volume by Mars. Okay. And, I mean, it's, it's actually stood a bit of a test of time. Pump Up the Volume, you know. So uh, I've heard it played sort of as a, a sporting intro to TV show, to yep. sports pro. But, yeah, it's got it, – it takes us into the world of electronic and dance and that that didn't really exist then, so – Bit of a trailblazer, so M A double R S. That's children out there. That's not how you spell Mars correctly, <laughs> right? It's not with two R's, um, but Mars. I don't know what M A double R S stands for. I tried to look it up today and couldn't find anything that actually gave me a definition of that. Yeah, it's married and really, really screwing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just a made-up name then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so my bad? Yes. Okay. I'm I'm breaking new ground again because it's three songs. Oh, jeez. Now I warned Ivor Davies. I warned him. I said, Ivor, history <laughs> yep. is not going to judge you well if you go down the path of being a pale impersonation of Spandau Ballet gone wrong. Oh. Now, you used to be a good band when you were the Flowers and even when Ice House began, there was something to like about Great Southern Land or whatever, but you are now delving into the world of shit. <laughs> and they delve three times with oh, My yeah. Obsession, Electric Blue, <sighs> My Obsession but with different words. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, they've got three entries here. Yeah, they have. And I think, what's the third one? Man of Colours. I am a man. Yeah. A yeah. man of colours. A man of colours, you know. So there's one thing you don't want to do in life, and that's take yourself too seriously. And of all of a sudden, this band that I used to love seeing down at Macy's on Turak Road as Flowers, having great fun singing, we can get together. Yeah, good song. It's now. Is now so far up its own anus. <laughs> you know I wouldn't talk to you. That that Ivor Davies needs a proctologist to set up the band rather than a roadie. <laughs> so go fuck yourself. <laughs> well, I'm sure Ivor will be uh, uh, pleased to hear that constructive yeah, criticism. Yeah. But I said I said at the time, I'm not going to be well judged. Yep. History is history is now, my friend. 
<laughs> no, very good finding. Very good. And yet three in the in the one chart. And uh, and you've gone, Brian. You've gone on ad nauseum at times about your absolute distaste for Electric Blue because that's the one he that's the one John Oates wrote, isn't it? With him, yeah. yeah. And it's 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 Ivor Davies's worst song. He's got some great songs, but I kind of agree with um, who's that other bloke on the show? Finey. Uh, Finey. Finey. Oh, okay. All right. I thought it was Billy Preston, but okay. Um, yeah. I agree. I think these aren't really strong Ice House songs. Yeah. They're okay. They're seven out of ten, but none of them are as good as James Rain's version of Bad Boy for Love acoustically. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. My number uh, three, uh, number one, bad. Uh, so I've got uh, Sam. Let me just recap. Fine. He's got in his bad Rick Astley with Never Going to Give You Up, Rod Stewart's Twisting the Night Away, and then the three Ice House songs. The Good Are, Need You Tonight by NXS, To Her Door by Paul Kelly and Pump Up the Volume by Mars. Uh, now, to add to Cherry Bomb and To Her Door as my good one, I'm putting in Run to Paradise by the Choir Boys. Nice. I'm glad it made it in. Yep. I, uh, I do like it. Watched it today, the video of it today. Mark Gamble's a lunatic. Um, uh, was then, still is now, uh, and it's just a great, great little Australian rock and roll song, I reckon, one of the really good ones. Uh, and to add to Money Money by Billy Idol and uh, Nothing's Going to Change My Love for You by Glenn Buffett, um, my number one is uh, I Think We're Alone Now, another Tommy James cover version, this time by Tiffany, who I think was about 15 at the time or 16 at the time, and she turned what was essentially a really good little two-and-a-half-minute pop song into a – Overblown, overproduced, horrible, bloody, discified version of a pop song. So uh, I think we're alone now, which I think is a really good song. Well, she killed. Here's a little bit of news for you about Tiffany. Mm, um, she was in the jungle, wasn't she? I think it's Tiffany. Yeah. Where was she? She was in the jungle. But then anyway, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. She, they brought her out for now, that. My brother's band. Um, Chris's band. The yeah. Nice Types. The Nice Types. Mm. Chris, my brother's band, The Nice Types. We're playing at some gig in Sunbury or somewhere, and this girl came up and said, oh, it would be okay if, you know, I could get up and sing a song. And Chris said, yeah, yeah. And she gets up and she sings pretty good and, you know, and then I find out it's Tiffany. She'd been living in Sunbury for the last couple of years. I don't oh, know okay. what, the, what the go is. So, um, you know, and she's a big fan of the show. So. She's got a good voice. Well, you've just bagged the shit out of it. No, I bagged know. the shit out of the song, which I don't, I don't reckon, apart from going oh. in and doing the vocals, she probably didn't have a lot to do well, with. I reckon it was Rod Stewart's producer. I reckon it was Rod Stewart's producer came in and said, what are you doing next Thursday? Come in the studio here and record this Tommy James song and we'll, we'll turn it into a hit. And of, course, of course it was no good. I mean, she ended up in Sunbury. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, the defence rests. enjoying Sunbury. It'd be better than being in parts of England, I would imagine. That'd um, be weird, though, to have someone like that and then find out later it's Tiffany. You'd be going, wow. Because that was a – Yeah. I think we're alone now. You, was had, a massive you had a worldwide hit, hit yeah. and you are asking to get up with the nice types. Well, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. You know, now, your number right. – you haven't done your number one. You've got – in your badge, you've got uh, Belinda Carmel, Heaven is a Place on Earth, Rip It Up by the lovely James Rain. And your number one bad is? Um, it's a few goodies left. Yeah, there is. Um, oh, geez, I didn't even see that. Um, 
No, I think we're going to have to go. I'm sorry to um, uh, to. to I'm going to have to go for White Snake. I was I was waiting for it. I thought you'd have him in there is somewhere. Is this love? You can go the other. They got is two in love? there. They got no. here. I go again Thank in there as well. Well, this is what's happened with the songs, Kev and Fanny, Is that you know he's he's pulled his dacks down and he's got a boner and he's gone. <laughs> is this love? And they checked it out to see if it is love, and then they said, uh, "Here I go again." Yes, and um, you know, it's it's actually it's a bit like Evie. It's part one and part two, but uh, yeah. So uh, White Snake, they had great videos, but even the lead singer wanted to leave the band because they had too many soppy ballads. Yep. So he went and did his solo album. And number one, easy, easy for me is uh, number two on this chart. George Harrison got my mind set on you. Um, I think, think it's your bad. cover. No, it's my good. Oh, hang on. Oh, White, snakes, oh. White snakes the bad. Sorry, jeez. You know, you're a you're a rock band. Don't be balloting it up. You know, you can have one yep. ballad, yep. but not three or four in a row. No. Yeah, and if you want to see, you know, there was one clip I looked at today and a song that's on this chart by New Order called Touched by the Hand of God. Mm. Their clip is the greatest piss take of White Snake and all those bands I've ever seen in my life. It, it's brilliant. The, the clip for that, um, really, really good. Um, Who's it by? Um, New Order. It's called "Touched by the Hand of God." All right, I'll it's check on there. That and out. they take the piss out of every band. They have these monstrous big white wigs on and a jacket with the lead singer's got a jacket with Ace on the back of it, um, and they just fawn around like um, like. White Snake and all those uh, Guns and Roses and all those bands did. So it's actually it's very very funny clip. Now before oh, we yeah. finish, boys, I just did want to mention because mm. uh, we occasionally Who died. Yeah, I was going to mention um, three people. Uh, one's a sporting uh, figure, uh, and rugby league fans will, will, would have been sad to hear that Johnny Raper died at the age of eighty-two. One of the one of the biggest players in the game in the sixties and seventies. Jack Styring, who I'm sure you would have had something to do with finding. The race caller, unfortunately, and, and race journalist, and uh, well known in the breeding industry and in, in racing, died at the age of ninety-two. Is that is that Polly's brother? <laughs> no, not Polly Styrene. <laughs> I went to I went to races once where he was calling. Yeah, it's a true story. You know, he was famous for molars to the breeze and leaning out the window, whatever. Yep. I looked up at him, and he was leaning out the window. And he dropped, he dropped a place with a lamington, two stories. Mm. That was a standing underneath. He goes, oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> that hit you. Yeah. Goodness me. One of the characters of the, some of the interesting names in this week's death. So what was the first guy's last name again, Kev? Johnny Raper. He was a, a rugby oh, league geez. immortal. He was a champion. Yes, he was. Yeah, but- it's a great unfortunate name. It's, it is an unfortunate name, but uh, he was one of the great players. And this afternoon uh, just come through that uh, Ivan Reitman, the director and producer of uh, films like Ghostbusters and Twins, um, he uh, he passed away to, on the weekend uh. at the age of 75. So he was responsible for a lot of those big movies. Uh, I think he did Animal House. Um, oh, no, no, he didn't. John Landis did that. Oh, no, he yeah. produced Animal House. Landis directed it. Oh, okay. It. Yeah, he produced Animal House. My apologies. I was yeah. going to say, The Gates of Hell, he'll have no excuses, but Animal <laughs> House is good. Yeah, Animal yes. House is a very good film. Very good film. So, uh, yeah, he uh, he passed away. So, uh, 
That's about uh, that's about and, it, boys. Wasn't he a wrestler as well? The great Reichman or Reichman? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Steve Steve Reichman. Reichman. Yes, I'm Reichman. Show me your papers, Englander. Remember Reichman? I ended up seeing him in a Just Jeans ad. No, Sorry. I don't remember him. I'm not. I'm not a massive uh, wrestling fan, but no, I don't remember him. I'm not much of a Just Jeans fan, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week, finally. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Mannix. It's been a pleasure as always. Uh, take care of yourself, boys. I've got dementia. What time do we start? Are we going to roll this thing now? Mm. Okay, thanks, <laughs> Pete. Thanks, Billy. Cheers. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs>